1: Hi, and welcome to this week's Amazing If podcast. We're Sarah and Helen, the founders of Amazing If, and we're a business that's all about helping people have happy careers.
0: And this week we're going to be focusing on our final confidence gremlin which is a fear of senior people and that will complete our 10 part series on overcoming your confidence gremlins so let's get straight into it So confidence gremlins are really the the voices that we all carry around with us and it's important to actually to recognize that we all do it doesn't matter how long you've been at work we've all got these voices in our head that might tell us that we can't do something and actually in our confidence gremlin series we're talking about the 10 most common ones that we've come across in all the people that we have trained and so these voices can basically stop us from doing things they can stop us from putting ourselves into situations where we might feel a bit scared or a bit threatened and that means that we might not fulfill our potential at work and we might not grow and ultimately have the happy careers and that again is what we're all about so today's confidence gremlin then is this fear of senior people and how a fear of talking to senior people meeting with senior people can get in your way in your career and so Sarah, what what's your take on this fear of senior people? Where where does it come from? How does it feel? Well, I think probably partly
1: from certainly how most organisations have worked until probably relatively recently so most organisations have some sort of hierarchy most of us enter organisations at the bottom of that hierarchy and you spend a lot of time kind of looking up and probably not spending that much time with some of the people who are at the top of these organisations however big that organisation is and so often you know these people seem quite distant they seem quite intimidating. You know, if you think they've done some absolutely brilliant stuff and it feels so far removed from maybe you and what you can do that actually it almost becomes a bit overwhelming. And so then when you do have to spend time with some of these people, you then sort of lose all sense of all of the things that usually make you great and either just kind of get a bit frozen or not sure what to say or you just think they're always right. And the most common thing, I think, with this is you kind of just forget they're also people. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think somehow you just put sometimes these senior people on such high pedestals that you just think, well, A, they never get anything wrong, they must always be right, they must be perfect in pretty much every way, Mary Poppins style, and therefore... Almost, I just don't count. So when, when they're in a room or when they're emailing me, whatever they say goes and that's sort of it. But actually, obviously, that can really hold you back. And have you have you
0: had this personally? Have you experienced this one?
1: I think, for me, it's often specific senior people that can be quite intimidating. So I think probably quite early in my career I realised senior people are just people, which sounds ridiculous but is sometimes worth remembering. But there's some senior people who often maybe have got quite different maybe skills to me who maybe had quite a different style to me, maybe more direct or just, like I say, got a very different kind of background, who I felt like I maybe naturally had less in common with, couldn't build a relationship with quite as easily. I think often they're the senior people that I find more intimidating. And there are definitely some senior people who are just a bit more accessible and often they're the ones that you can just beat yourself around a little bit more.
0: I remember when I was um business that I used to work at, You'll laugh at this. And then um, there was some competition at work that said, if you could ask for anything, what would you ask for? Right. For <laughs> some reason, I asked. What is in life or in work? <laughs> well- I can't remember whether it was in life or at work. but I, I bet you asked for a work thing, then. I did ask for a work thing. <laughs> and you'll cringe <laughs> when you know what it was. So for some reason, I asked for to spend a day in the life of the CEO. Of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> and then um, they said, your, your wish is granted. Right? <laughs> I really panicked because, to your point, this particular CEO, this business was entirely different to me. He was very analytical. I wouldn't say he was warm and open. Warm and friendly. Yeah, and so I then was absolutely terrified at the thought of, I was actually going to have to do this thing and spend this time with him. And um, I really worked myself up about it and thought, oh, God, actually, now I do this, is he going to think I'm not, not great? And I spent so much time worrying about it. And in all honesty, it was, I think I spent about two hours with him actually having a conversation right. about the business, some of which went over my head. And I spent way more time worrying about it. In the session, he was actually quite busy. He obviously had yeah. an agenda. I think a lot of senior people do. He was kind of asked me what I wanted to know and then he kind of moved on from things quite quickly and what it made me realise was about how much time you spend worrying about these people and thinking about your impact on them and what they're going to think about you and what you you know how you want to come across and most of the time they're just in a meeting yeah <laughs> from yeah. their perspective yeah. they're just in a meeting they're just meeting somebody and they've kind of moved on and that's it and I think you place so much more emphasis on this individual than they probably place on themselves and definitely place on probably meeting yeah. you. Well, I think as you become more senior, one of the things that I have
1: sort of I really appreciate and think is really important for everyone to appreciate who manages or kind of leads a team is just the impact of kind of the shadow that you cast. Yeah, And so that actually you might be having your fifth meeting of a day, but actually that's the first time in two weeks or three weeks somebody... Who you work with has had the opportunity to spend any time with you if you're not on good form or if you um you know that they could potentially could be quite nervous about that meeting because to them you are a senior person, yeah, but I think also don't forget when we talk about senior people here we're not talking about just chief executives yeah. or big directors, we're talking about you might be leading a team for the first time, and you might have a couple of people in your team to those couple of people you are a senior person, yeah, so I think often. We all sort of get intimidated at certain points in time by these senior people. But don't forget that almost often simultaneously you are also a senior person to lots of people unless you're literally in your first job. And yeah. even then, you know, there's people who are still trying to get their first job and you're sort of a bit more senior than them. So.
0: And so how do you think it holds people back if you've got this confidence gremlin? What does it stop them doing? I think often you feel like
1: you then don't kind of represent the work that you've done in the best way possible. You often sometimes think that whatever that senior person says is absolute kind of the gospel truth. So I think it can hold you back because actually you almost lose your own sense of what you think. And that's probably the thing I see the most from people and certainly a trap I've fallen into in the past where whatever a senior person says completely goes and you just stop. You don't question it at all. You don't even always think that that's a possibility that you could actually question it. And actually, you spend all the rest of your time thinking properly Mm. and questioning things and working out what the right thing to do is. But as soon as this one person says, well, no, I think we should do this. You think, oh, well, that's what they think. So that's just what I'll do. And you just sort of stop thinking in such a strategic way or just like you would all of the rest of the time. So suddenly your behavior switches because of this person. You're not even testing to see whether there is a is there an alternative because with nine times out of ten, you'd ask someone else, well, actually, I've got a slightly different point of view. What about doing it this way? But because they're senior, you don't even think to ask the question. Yeah. So I think it holds you back because you stop being the best you can possibly
0: be. I was just thinking about Steve Jobs for some, when you were talking. I was thinking, actually, some people are difficult. Like yeah, yeah. They're just, They just—they must be difficult, and they're probably dictatorial. And if you did ask questions of them, I think there's a, probably a very slim number of people. Yeah, that's true. They are just difficult. But I think most senior people actually want to be challenged or want to have a conversation and I think unless you have got one of those people unless you've got a Steve Jobs persona that actually it might damage your career to, uh, to challenge them I really think they are in the minority and by and large you will have a much better relationship with a senior person if you can converse with them and have a debate and so I think What you could be holding yourself back with with this confidence gremlin is actually their perception of you as somebody who has got a different point of view, a specific set of knowledge, leadership potential
1: in their business. I think also don't forget what motivates senior people and hopefully what motivates everybody is you want to do the best job possible for your company, Mm. for your business. And so actually, if the best job possible is doing something different or differently to kind of what they've just suggested, it's kind of your accountability to share that. That, that will be what they want to do because ultimately they're not looking for everyone to agree with them. They're looking to make sure that they sell as much stuff as possible or yeah. make as much profit as possible yeah. or, or whatever it is they're 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 there to try and do. And your job is to help and support everybody to work together to realise that outcome. It's not to agree with somebody the whole time, but that takes a heck of a lot of kind of practice. Yeah. And Also, I think I'd really encourage people to think about why a senior person intimidates you because often this confidence gremlin is tied up into lots of other confidence gremlins. So for some people you might find that a senior person kind of intimidates you because actually you've got a fear of being found out or the senior person intimidates you because they are good at numbers, it's something you're not very good at. So there's often another confidence gremlin, an underlying confidence gremlin as if we needed more, (laughs) hidden away in there and it's a really good technique which I use a lot on lots of different things is to ask why five times. So if you keep asking yourself why five times, so why does that senior person intimidate me? Oh, they seem to be good at different things to me. OK, so why why are those different things? What are those different things? Oh, maybe it's numbers. Keep asking yourself till you really get to the root cause of well, what is the actual challenge that you're trying to overcome because then you'll stand a much better chance of taking the right action.
0: <laughs> So, we sort of talked a little bit about how this confidence can hold you back, and um, maybe one of the actions that you can start with is just actually exploring with a particular individual why it's there. What other practical things can someone do if they feel that they've got this fear of a senior person in their mind? I think trying to think of people as peers and not
1: within hierarchies, which I think organisations are becoming much flatter, which will hopefully really lend itself to this anyway. I got some brilliant advice from um, a lady I used to work from who was a corporate affairs director who was sort of the master at relationships and building relationships. Sounds really stupid and simple now, but she said to me, when I actually did have to work with some very senior kind of board level people in in a role, don't always sit across from them or really far away from them because it feels like you're either, if you're really far away, maybe it feels like you're a bit more admin, you're there to take the notes, (laughs) (laughs) etc. If you sit across from them, at times it can feel like you're in an interview, you know you're sort of being interrogated a bit whereas actually if you sort of sit side by side with people you're just part of that meeting you're involved in that meeting and you have kind of every right to be there honestly when she said that to me I was a bit sceptical I was a bit like "Mm, whatever but you know she'd said it and she was then going to be in the meeting so I felt obliged to at least try sitting next to maybe our chief executive or a director or whoever rather than maybe where I would normally and actually what was interesting is a I found it a little bit uncomfortable initially, so clearly I w- wouldn't have done that. I would yeah. have probably sat a bit more in the corner because I'd have been like, oh, these people are more important than me. And then just by sitting somewhere different, it changed my mentality. I think it just gave me more confidence in the meeting. It made me feel more part of it. I contributed more. Yeah. I was much more likely to ask the questions that maybe I wouldn't have asked because I thought, oh, well, they're just right so sometimes it's very small things like that can actually make a really big difference. It's a really good idea, actually. And so it's, it's a really nice
0: practical thing that yeah, people can yeah, do. Yeah. I was once told about, um, it's really interesting about the meeting room, the height of your chair. Yeah. So I went on a course where they recorded you and we were in this group setting and um, they played it back. And I realised the entire time that I'd been, we were all given these kind of fake roles to to do in this team activity. And the entire time we were on those, um, those normal office chairs that have the little Uh, you can go up and down yeah Yeah, yeah. and I look back and I realized that mine had been I just sat on it straight away but mine had been really really low and so I basically looked like this little child at a table while everybody else had kind of been more elevated and I realized that actually little things like where you sit how you sit on a chair can all give you kind of more gravitas and more confidence in in a room in a conversation and it's something that I'm much more conscious of now particularly a big meeting where I think yeah a bit more Lots of people, a bit more formal. Yeah, maybe it particularly might be some senior meetings in there and I think, OK, I need to up how confident I am in here, I need to you know, give myself these little tools, actually like the height of your chair or the position you sit in a room is a small tactic that can make you feel quite a lot different yeah. about a situation. Because often it's less
1: about what people think when they look at you because probably people are not observant enough to particularly know it's how it makes you feel. Absolutely. There is a brilliant TED Talk by a lady called Amy Cuddy that you and I both recommend, I think, quite regularly, which is all about how you can kind of have presence from your body language so just really small things like the amount of people who don't sit up straight or you know actually maybe sometimes particularly women who maybe cross their legs a lot and cross their arms a lot and then you're suddenly folded up into this tiny little body (laughs) it means you can't kind of project as much it does mean you have you have kind of less presence in that room so I think think about those small things and again if you know someone in that meeting try and say to them you don't need to make a massive deal about it but sort of say you know, how confident do you think I come across in that meeting? Is there anything that just you see in terms of the way I talk, the words that I use, you know, the body language I project that you think might get in kind of my own way and might stop me projecting confidence to those senior people? (laughs)
0: So we talked about the the asking why, we talked about actually thinking about sitting, where where you're sitting, it's very practical stuff. I think one of the things that has helped me as well has been sometimes if there is a specific senior person almost going round them to build a relationship with them. So I might build a relationship with an easier senior person and almost getting them to intro me or to kind of be a bridge to the relationship. And I found that sometimes a bit easier. So for example, let's say it is someone in finance, for example, and I might think, oh, I'm not i am not got a direct relationship with them, but I think they're quite an important stakeholder. I might go to the person who's the head of marketing, who I might have a more natural affinity with and try to have a three-way conversation or ask for an introduction to them just to kind of build that bridge so it doesn't feel like such a leap and I'm not quite so scared. I think anything that you can do so that you get to know sort of more senior
1: people or people who do find more intimidating and so that you're not just the only time that you see these people is maybe in this one meeting that only happens twice a year and so that actually you've just you feel a bit more comfortable because familiarity does mean that you feel more comfortable whereas if suddenly you're rocking up to a meeting and you're like well this is the have I'm going to see me presenting once this does feel a bit more like the be all and end all whereas actually if those people have seen you in other projects they've seen you volunteer for things often I think most senior people have things they're trying to champion or pioneer yeah. that are wider than their direct remit across an organization and it can be really simple stuff like maybe they are organizing the office refit or maybe they are responsible for I don't know diversity the diversity agenda in your organization lo- loads of different kind of things those things are often quite transparent and visible because yeah. they're trying to champion them think about well, is that something that I'm also interested in? Yeah, you don't need to sort of do it for the sake of it, but is that something I could volunteer for? I could get involved in. And sometimes for me, that's how I've got to know some senior people. So certainly, some of the senior people that I know now in my job is not because of my day job; it's because they champion something that I'm also interested in. And I sort of thought, well, a, I'm interested, so I don't mind spending a bit of time on that. Sometimes a bit of extra time, yeah. maybe outside of my sort of parameters of my day job. But also, it has the advantage of then suddenly I know that person in a different setting. And then when they're in that big meeting, I have to go and present it. And I'll think, oh, you know, I've met this guy before. He knows me a bit. And again, it's all about how you feel. And I just feel that bit
0: more confident. That's a really useful action to think about the passions that some of these senior people yeah. have and how you can authentically relate to yeah. them and kind of talk talk about them. So anything else that you think it can help people who might have, might have this standing in their way? Um, I think just going back to the very first point that we talked
1: about, try and be very clear about what it is about senior people. It's very rarely, when I think we talk to people about kind of the fear of senior people, it's very rarely all senior people. It tends to be either somebody specific, um, and that might be because of a style or an approach they take, or it might just be because they don't come into contact with those people very often. So try and work out really what is this confidence gremlin, which senior people and why, and are there other confidence gremlins kind of tied up in there that you really need to work on? That's really where I'd
0: start. Brilliant. Thank you. So hopefully we've given you some good ideas and hints that you can take away if this is something that you've been struggling with in terms of your confidence at work. And remember, we always say this, but it is a journey to overcoming these confidence gremlins. It's not you hopefully it's unlikely you'll listen to this podcast and you'll go yeah that's my confidence gremlin and tomorrow I've fixed it it's really not what we're trying to do we always say it's very unlikely you're going to kill this confidence gremlin the best you can do is cage it over time what we're really trying to do is drive increased awareness for you of how this might be holding you back and giving you some ideas for tests that you can do to put yourself into maybe slightly more uncomfortable situations realize your career is not going to end as a result of them and just increase your confidence step by step in doing it and i think when you do do those difficult tests because they probably will feel awkward just acknowledge what you've achieved because it is an achievement up until this point you've probably been just stuck in this trap of doing the same thing and this is all about actually breaking that cycle and growing basically in your in your career and that's it for this week and that's it for our series on overcoming your confidence gremlins thank you very much for listening don't forget that you can catch up on any episodes you've missed by subscribing on iTunes and you can also buy our book How to Overcome Your Confidence Gremlins on Amazon.
1: Um, we'd love to hear from you, so please do stay in touch. You can find us on Twitter at amazing underscore if or go online and we're at amazingif.com where you can get some free resources, you can find out about future podcasts. In the meantime, that's everything for now. Thanks very much and goodbye.